worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, another busy one. A new offer submitted by Viterra is being looked at by the union representing its employees, hoping to avoid a strike. We'll hear from Adam Adam Picallo, excuse me, from PI Financial, how the canola and wheat futures did for this week. And a fire burned down a hog barn near Cudworth. More on that later. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag today. On the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. After prolonged negotiations, Viterra unveiled a new final offer to the GSU Bargaining Committee following the rejection of the initial proposal in November. A meeting with the elected officials of Locals 1 and 2 is on right now to review the details of this latest proposal. As the situation unfolds, stay tuned to Sask Ag Today for more developments. Similar trends from last year continue into this year. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Picallo, says the March canola contract was down, while the March Minneapolis wheat contract was up this week. Well, starting off on canola, Ryan, we're seeing the March contract down approximately $25 a ton so far for the week. Right now, as we're speaking, the March contract's trading at about six twenty-five seventy. So it's still continuing its lower trend to start off the new year. And it is breaking below some important support levels here that I've been watching, um, mentioning to clients at the 640 level. And we are making new contract lows as well too so it's seeming like the trends are pointing down to that 600 level and when it comes to canola we haven't been getting much help from the soybean side of things Uh, the technical outlook looks negative the South American crop has been improving and really there's been lackluster demand all pointing kind of lower um, kind of in this near term here and I'm seeing as well too the Canadian dollar jumping up and that's, again, just a little bit negative here for, for the canola side. And as for the wheat futures, how have they been doing for this week? 
On the Minneapolis March contract, down approximately three cents a bushel. Uh, today, we're up about six and a half cents to seven eighteen. Yesterday, we did kind of have a positive close as well too. I'm watching support on the Minneapolis contract to be that seven dollar kind of area, and it seems that we kind of are holding that right now. It seems that there was some bearish technical action here for the last while, but it has been kind of neutralized by a bit of a bullish reversal action. Actually. And that's where I'm kind of seeing maybe if as long as wheat holds the $7, I have between that 7 to 760 kind of range uh, as potential here for Minneapolis wheat. In terms of the U.S. dollar, has that been kind of a factor in uh, the wheat futures kind of inf- uh, movement, I should say? Yeah, good, good question. So typically... When the U.S. dollar goes down, you would think that grain markets would go up and vice versa. The U.S. dollar goes up, grain markets go down. However, when we saw kind of the kind of the end of last year in December, the U.S. dollar had a pretty large drop actually for the last couple months, November to December. Grain markets really didn't increase that much. Um, and now we've actually seen the U.S. dollar pop back up a little bit here as the first three trading days of the year uh, in the stock market were negative. And the grain markets really haven't reacted all that much. Um, I think, like I mentioned, for canola, the Canadian dollar kind of jumping up from from 72.50 to close to 76, um, kind of at the end of December. I think that uh, impacted canola a little bit. But in terms of the U.S. dollar right now, um, it seems that maybe that's a a second or, or third kind of factor here for it. All right, and in terms of your outlook for next week, what's uh, gonna be something that's uh, on top of mind for you? First thing, like I mentioned, seems like canola is breaking trend kind of lower right now, and really wheat, it seems to be holding that $7 mark. Adam Bicallo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial. You're listening to Sask Egg today. Coming up next, we'll have more details on a hog barn fire uh, near Cudworth, Saskatchewan. Again, you're listening to Sask Egg today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. A hog production unit about an hour northeast of Saskatoon was destroyed in a fire last night. Thousands of pigs died in the blaze, which started early yesterday evening, about five kilometers north of Cudworth. The barns were owned by the Progressive Investment Group. Derek Cola is the reeve of the RM of Hoodoo, which is based in Cudworth. He described the response to the fire. Between the RM of Hoodoo, the town of Cudworth, and the town of Waka, we kind of have a joint uh, fire committee. Um, both halls responded with very, basically all our trucks, tankers, pumpers, everything like that. And I think the crew got there right around 7.20 or somewhere in there. I, was, I wasn't at the scene at the time, but by the time they got there, they were hoping they could be saving some of the barns, but the fire moved so fast that they weren't able to, uh, to save any of the barns. He says four barns were affected. The barn would have been uh, at full capacity. It was a 1,200 south fair to finish operation, so, you know, probably on average around 12,000 pigs in the barns at any given time that way, so. The biggest challenge in dealing with the fire was how quickly it spread. They were hoping they could do a little more, but the problem was it just moved so fast uh, that they weren't able to do it. The RM uh, did have their 
those are there and they were able to get through one wall to try to where the connecting hallways were to try to save one of the barns that way there. But the fire ended up jumping it from my understanding. The hog operation is located three miles from Cudworth and Cola noted the nearby house was mostly spared from the fire, just smoke damage. Cola says the facility was a fixture in the community. It was originally built by 12 investors. Most of them were local farmers who uh, got together to build the barns. They saw it as an opportunity to be able to market, gra- market you know, feed grains through it. And then also that barn did employ, you know, 13 to 14 people. So there was, uh, you know, it was huge for the surrounding communities, both Cutworth and Waka. You know, you brought more families into town looking for, that were, you know, employed there. Yeah, so it, it will be a, definitely a blow to the community that way there and all the people who, uh, who work there. Lastly, he thanked the firefighters for their efforts. We do ask a lot of those guys to do it, and it's, uh, it's great to see them showing up and uh, taking the time out of their lives to come help the community when we have horrible situations like this happen. So I guess, like I said, just the only thing would be the, you know, the, to, the, to the ownership group, progressive investment group that way there. Um, you know, like I said, just uh, hopefully they know that the community is there to help them deal with this tragic loss, and uh, hopefully that uh, they can get through this. That is Derek Cola, the reeve for the RM of Hoodoo. A fire destroyed hog barns owned by the Progressive Investment Group last night, a few kilometers north of Cudworth. You're listening to Saskag Today. Coming up next is today's Ag Review. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Indian prairies are expected to continue falling back for the next few months due to a number of reasons. That's according to Evan Peterson of JGL Commodities in Saskatoon. Among the factors he listed as weighing on Western Canadian feed grain prices were cheaper United States corn imports, the lack of export demand for Canadian barley, the above normal temperatures across the region, and very few logistical issues so far this winter. He pointed out that the feedlots have been using less feed due to the warmer than expected temperatures and that lack of cold weather has meant it's been much easier to move grain. Peterson said barley and corn were currently on par at $305 Canadian per metric ton delivered into Lethbridge, Alberta. Alberta's government has committed $700,000 over five years, starting with 2023-24, to continue the Carnivores and Communities Program, or CACP, The Waterton Biosphere Reserve Association has worked to promote peaceful coexistence between humans and wildlife in the Waterton Biosphere region through CACP to decrease the frequency of human and livestock contact with growing grizzly bear, black bear, wolf and cougar populations. Alberta's government has supported the CACP since 2009 through a series of single and multi-year grants The last three-year grant agreement ended on March 31st of 2023. Initiatives under the CACP include a dead stock removal program, on-farm carcass composting, electric fence installation, wildlife attractant reduction, 
and bear safety training for ranch families. Scientists fear Canadian polar bears may be threatened by the spread of avian flu after officials confirmed the disease killed a bear in Alaska. University of Alberta polar bear expert Andrew DeRocher says there's a high likelihood the deadly wildlife disease already exists in animals on the Canadian side. Alaskan officials confirmed avian flu after a necropsy on the bear found on the coast about 500 kilometers from the Canadian border. But DeRocher says those procedures are hardly ever performed on dead bears found in Canada. Polar bears can range hundreds of kilometers and the dead bear was part of a population shared by the two countries. DeRocher says it's not clear yet what effect the disease could have on bear populations, but he says it's one more stressor on a species that already is under pressure from climate change. Global prices for food commodities like grain and vegetable oil fell last year from record highs in 2022 when Russia's war in Ukraine Drought and other factors helped worsen hunger worldwide. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization Food Price Index, which tracks monthly changes in the international prices of commonly traded food commodities, was 13.7% lower last year than the 2022 average, but its measures of sugar and rice prices grew in that time. The drop in food commodity prices in 2023 comes despite a difficult year for food security around the world. Climate effects like dry weather, flooding and the naturally occurring El Nino phenomenon, combined with fallout from conflicts like the war in Ukraine, bans on food trade that have added to food inflation, and weaker currencies have hurt developing nations especially. One of 2024's first farm shows in Western Canada is coming up. The Western Canadian Crop Production Show runs from January 9th to 11th at the World Trade Centre at Prairieland Park in Saskatoon. A new part of the event for 2024 is the Innovation Award. The award will be presented to one of the show's 337 exhibitors that provide solutions to address new and ongoing industry needs, Those products or innovations will be evaluated by a panel of farmers. The winner will be revealed at the Barley Bash Exhibitors Mixer on January 9th. And the top three finalists will make presentations in the New Farm Information Theatre on January 11th at 10.30am. Other discussion topics scheduled for the show include advances in sustainability, new crops from the University of Saskatchewan's Crop Development Centre, 2023 grasshopper populations and prospects for 2024, and more. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, from what it sounds like, uh, the normal winter temperatures, I guess I could say, for the lack of a better term, they're going to be arriving soon. 
Yeah, although two problems. One is that we're going to plast past normal. We'll get to normalcy and then we'll just keep on going down. The second problem is it's been so warm. So once we get down to, first of all, where it should be this time of year and then where it should never be any time of year because it'll be too cold as an Arctic air mass at the end of the week, it's going to feel that much colder because we're not quite adapted. We're, we're at our basically November levels of adapting to cold. So a little uh, added punch there to what's going to be a, a much colder pattern shaping up for the end of next week. In the meantime, we're still above normal, still uh, dealing with these milder temperatures, but we are starting to see the transition back down. Minus five or so this afternoon, pretty steady most of the time. We're coming out of the morning at uh, minus six, so not much, well, no, uh, not much more to go. Uh, the snow is around. It's mostly light, and it's mostly going to be light. The issue, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, is, is the fluff factor of this snow, and there's not necessarily that much of a fluff. There just could be a few heavier periods of snow, and when those come in later in the day, as the temperature get colder and the atmosphere cools, that will pick up the fluff a little bit. So on average, two centimeters for us today, and then minor flurries for tonight, but some areas certainly could double that, uh, and it's going to really be highly variable you know, for pretty small distances. Minus 13 the low tonight. The wind, which is just a light breeze this afternoon, becomes nearly calm. And tomorrow, partly sunny sky, the high minus 5. Next system comes in. A few flurries Saturday night into Sunday. Some steadier snow could be a quick shot of accumulating snow several centimeters through the day. Minus 9 will clear that system out. Tuesday, next system rolls in late Monday or Monday night. Uh, looks like we'll get into some snow. May even hold off the accumulation until uh, Tuesday. But there is another quick shot of accumulation. And that will proceed what looks to be a much colder air mass uh, Taking shape for Wednesday through Friday next week. Temperatures will get down instead of being 10 degrees above normal as it's been up late, more like 10 degrees below normal uh, late next week. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this period are around minus 11, normal lows minus 23. Sun rose at 8.59 if you could see it through the clouds, and the sun will set at around 5.09 p.m. Taking a look around the province in Saskatoon, Swift Current, Yorkton and Melville, minus 8 degrees. Assiniboia, Mooseman and Estevan, minus 6. And Weyburn, minus 5. The warm spot in the province is in Yellowgrass at minus 4.5 degrees. Cold spot in Stony Rapids at minus 25.2. In Regina, the light snow is coming down. First time in a few weeks, actually. Winds from the east-southeast at 11 kilometers an hour. Humidity, 93%. Temperature minus 5 or 23 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.4 and falling. Down the road in Moose Jaw, cloudy east-southeast wind at 5. Temperature minus 6 degrees. Again in Regina, light snow. East-southeast wind at 11. Temp temperature minus 5 degrees. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your egg news anytime at saskegtoday.com. Now, back to Saskeg Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskeg Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Western College of Veterinary Medicine's three-year foreign-trained veterinarian swine medicine residency certification program, mouthful there, is allowing foreign-trained veterinarians to qualify for veterinary certification in Western Canada. 
Dr. John Harding, a professor of swine medicine with the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan, says his program is designed to retool internationally trained veterinarians as swine specialists initially in Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Your listeners may be aware that there is a shortage of veterinarians across Canada, you know, across all sectors, but particularly in food animal. And this is related to several factors, uh, including increased demand for veterinary medicine, uh, population growth, and the fact that the colleges of veterinary medicine in Canada have not really been proactive increasing the number of DVMs that they train each year. So it has always been difficult to recruit swine veterinarians, uh, partly because of the lack of exposure and awareness of the swine industry by the average student, you know, as we become more urban, urbanized, uh, but more recently because of the really high degree of specialization that's required, uh, which is pretty intimidating for the average veterinary student. So in response, I spearheaded the development of the SMART program over the last two years, really to enhance the recruitment and training of swine veterinarians in Canada. SMART is an acronym for Swine Medicine Advancement Recruitment and Training. And this program has initiatives that target undergraduate DVM or veterinary students, um, swine veterinarians in private or corporate practice, particularly those in their early career, as well as internationally trained veterinarians who are now working in non-veterinary roles in the Canadian swine industry. He then explains the Foreign Trained Veterinary Swine Medicine Residency Certification Program. Well, the Foreign Trained Swine Residency a program is one of the four pillars of the SMART program, and it was created as a means to fulfill the demand for swine vets, but also recognizes that there may not be sufficient graduating veterinarians from our colleges to fulfill that demand. And we know there are many internationally trained veterinarians presently working in the Canadian swine industry, and many would just love to work as swine veterinarians if given that opportunity. However, To practice veterinary medicine in Canada, you need to be licensed. And obtaining a license to practice is really challenging due to the different educational standards at institutions around the world. The current pathway to obtain a license to practice vet medicine in Canada is really targeted towards general practitioners, so mixed animal or small animal practitioners. And a lot of it is really small animal based. And it requires the successful completion of four exams that are administered by the Canadian Vet Medical Association's National Examining Board. And those are tough exams and they're expensive as well. The objectives of the foreign trained swine medicine residency certification program is really to use an alternative pathway to licensure and that's linked to what we call specialty board examination in this case it will be in swine health management therefore really this program is designed to retool internationally trained veterinarians as swine veterinary specialists in swine health management who will then become eligible for veterinary licensure. And we're targeting provinces of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba initially. Dr. Harding outlines who is eligible for the program. Yeah, there's, there's a relatively long list of eligibility requirements because we need to fulfill the requirements of the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners. And, and this is the certifying organization for veterinary species specialists in North America. 
as well as we need to satisfy the requirements of the University of Saskatchewan, who are overseeing the graduate program that's linked to this clinical residency. So for, for those individuals that would like all the details, I can certainly be contacted about these, but the main, the main gist is they need to be veterinarians uh, or have, so have a DVM or equivalent degree from a non-Canadian university. Uh, they need to have substantial experience and knowledge in the swine industry. So that's both in terms of kind of background knowledge as well as working directly in the industry. Uh, they need to be Canadian citizens or permanent residents. They need to be very fluent in English, both, you know, written, verbal, listening and reading. And then their grades from their DVM program or postgraduate program must be sufficient to permit entry into the U of S graduate program. And, and that essentially boils down to a 70% grade average, grade point average over two years of study. That's Dr. John Harding with the University of Saskatchewan. On the other side of the break, we'll hear a little bit more from him and about the program. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. We're back with Dr. John Harding, a professor of swine medicine with the University of Saskatchewan, as he is going over details of the Foreign Trained Veterinary Swine Medicine Residency Certification Program. We heard a little bit about uh, the program uh, earlier on in the show, and now he'll tell us what kind of training is provided. So the residency is a three-year program uh, during which the student is a, or the resident is a full-time graduate student at the University of Saskatchewan, but is working with a swine veterinarian in rural practice. So it's really, it's back to school while working as a swine veterinarian. It's a distributed learning model, which means that there's no need for the student to to relocate to Saskatoon and all training is done in a rural community with that swine veterinary practice or production company. So over the three years, 70% of the time is spent in clinical practice. And this is under the supervision of a swine veterinarian who is the clinical co-supervisor. And this is done in the rural practice. During this period, uh, the resident will be involved in most of the activities of a swine veterinarian. So they are conducting themselves like any other swine veterinarian. Uh, and they're involved with the regular gamut of things that swine vets do on a daily basis. So disease investigations and diagnostics, uh, perhaps some bi- biosecurity reviews, uh, CPE and CQA validations, uh, reproduction and production troubleshooting, you know, those basic things that swine veterinarians do. The remaining 30% of their time is spent fulfilling the coursework and research requirements to complete their Master of Science degree in swine medicine. And the research will be field-based with courses tailored to help the residents complete their research as well as supplement their clinical training. Once again, that's Dr. John Harding with the University of Saskatchewan. Coming up next on Saskag Today is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were down in early trading today. Canola is down $2.50 at 5.9152. 
Yellow Peas is down $7.35 to $4.57.19. And number one Red Spring Wheat is up $2.23 at $3.19.47. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $4.46.92. Feed Barley, $2.57.58. Chickpeas, $11.68.44. Flax, $6.31.04. Lentils, $7.67.50. Oats, $2.90.32. And Feed Wheat, $2.46.18. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up six cents at seven dollars and seventeen and a quarter cents a bushel. Coming up is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at eight four two forty five seventy four. Now here are the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Travis Platt with Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Hope everybody had a safe and happy holidays. Starting off the new year down here in Moose Jaw, our first regular cow and bull sale will be next Thursday, January 11th. We will be receiving Wednesday 1 to 8 p.m. That Thursday at 11 o'clock, we will be having a small bread sale with a herd dispersal of eight black cows as well as a few others. Our first all-breed pre-sort will be Tuesday, January 16th. If you have any other questions or are looking to book in, don't be afraid to give us a call at 692-2385. This is Travis Platt from Heartland Livestock Moose Jaw. Good day and good selling. The latest pork prices are at $166.70 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization says global prices for food commodities like grain and vegetable oil fell last year from record highs in 2022. The agency said Friday that the FAO food price index was 13.7% lower last year than the 2022 average, but its measures of sugar and rice prices growing in that time. The drop in food commodity prices in 2023 comes despite a difficult year for food security around the world. On the markets, the TSX is up 9 points at 20,881. The Dow is down 70 points to 37,369. Oil is up $1.25 at $73.44 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 74.90 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's going to do it for Friday's edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.